I mean, what did Rick Bonus really think was going to happen? We recap a fight night special between the Wild and the Jets and some concerning trends heading into the postseason today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild part of your daily routine and your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder to make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we recap a fight-filled night between the Wild and the Jets, including Dean Evison saying, get over here, Rick Bonus." And uh, we'll talk about some of the things that led up to that uh, interesting escalation at the end of the game. We'll talk about the aftermath in the case of Ryan Hartman. And uh, we'll look at uh, another instance last night in which the Wilds had some things that, uh, that did not go particularly well. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Had a chance to see this one in person last night. And uh, 51 combined penalty minutes in last night's game. The Jets end up getting the win they needed to clinch a postseason spot. We saw fights. We saw physicality. We saw the Wilds, again, do what they have over the uh, last few games that Kirill Kaprizov has played. We saw a lot of guys kind of step back into just following the lead that uh, Kaprizov provided. Uh, and so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here in the show. But I wanted to start with the physicality and the aftermath of it. Because I found it very interesting at the end of the game that Rick Bonus essentially challenging Dean Evison at the end of the game because Evison put Ryan Reeves... Marcus Foligno, Jake Middleton, John Merrill out on the ice. Also, Connor Dewar, who got uh, got put in with that enforcer group, put them all out on the ice at the end of the game and uh, basically said, all right, you guys are going to keep doing what you're doing. Well, we, uh, we are open for business in that regard at the end of the game. Bonus didn't like that. He said, no, you got to play your top guys at the end of the game because, to be blunt – Seemed like the Jets maybe wanted another opportunity to try to go at Kirill Kaprizov or Marcus Johansson or otherwise. It happened early in the game. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov taking a stick to the face. Marcus Johansson taking a stick to the side. That ended up with him leaving the game and obviously concern with his status, which now it sounds like he's just sore but should be fine going forward. But the Winnipeg Jets took plenty of liberties and have taken plenty of liberties in the last few times in which these two teams have stacked up. And so it got to a point in which the Wild finally said, enough. And you have Ryan Hartman with that hit on Nikolai Ehlers in which he uh, ended up getting called for a double minor. The Jets 
ended up retaliating for that play. And whatever your status is, whatever your thought process is on that hit, whether you think it was a dirty play by Hartman, whether you think it was just in, uh, an example of one of those plays similar to what uh, Ryan Reeves levied against Detroit earlier this season in which you basically have a player that skates into, uh, in this case, Ryan Hartman, without being fully aware that he is right there in front. Whatever side you are on in that discussion, this game got to the breaking point, and you had late in the game Marcus Johansson getting blasted into the boards with a stick away from the play, and that was the tipping point for the Wilds. Now, some of it stemmed from Logan Stanley sending Kirill Kaprizov off the ice for several games. There was still some turnover from that. Uh, some of the things that happened in this game as well led to a point in which Marcus Foligno, Ryan Reeves, amongst others, completely had enough. And you get those shots of Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov looking like they're ready to rock. Uh, just the all-timer from Dean Evason after Rick Bonus turns and does the finger point at Dean Evason and then calls him a t- little man. He says, oh, you're not going to fight because you're, you're a little man. And Dean just looks at him without even missing a beat. And he shrugs and he says, hey, <laughs> you want to go? You know where to find me. You come right over here and do it. Um, it, it just, I think, hopefully sends a message that the Wild are not going to they're not going to take this sort of nonsense from other teams throughout the league. The Wild were in a spot where they didn't need this game. They treated it as a dress rehearsal. We'll talk about this more in a little bit, but they treated it like a dress rehearsal with most of the regular cast in. The Jets needed this game. They had to have it in order to get into the playoffs, and it's obvious that through the early part of the game, the Jets were playing with that desperation. The Wild were matching it at points throughout the uh, the first couple of periods, and then as the um, as the hits, as the head hunting, in the case of the Jets, as that started to really escalate, you saw the Wild get more and more frustrated uh, to the point that we had well, those final few minutes of the uh, th- those final few minutes of the game. You have just a slew of penalties that um, lead to both teams. And like I said, 51 penalty minutes in this game uh, combined between the two teams. And most of that, you had five penalties in the first two periods. You have a penalty early on in the third, right away in the third. Then we get to the 11:31 mark of the third period. Hartman has the hit against Nikolai Ehlers that gets him a double minor because then uh, him and Vladislav Nemetsnikov get into it. So two and two there. Then you have Nino Niederreiter, who was not particularly welcomed back in his return to the the XL Energy Center. Him and Ryan Reeves get into it. Neil Pionk then gets um, 
a, a penalty for that cross-check that the entire Wild team took exception to against Marcus Johansson. You then have Hartman again going against uh, Brandon Dillon. Ryan Reeves fights Adam Lowry, and then Marcus Foligno just uh, kind of ends things with uh, with a misconduct. And so, you know, I, I hope, because I, I know this has been mentioned by some of our everydayers uh, here on, uh, on Lockdown Wild. Uh, I know this has been mentioned in the comments at points throughout the season. So I'm, I'm glad we're getting to this point that it just, it seems like at points things happen to wild players, particularly Kirill Kaprizov, without really any retaliation. And hopefully this is kind of that line drawn in the sand of enough is enough. And anything that happens like this going forward is going to result in a closed fist or at the very least somebody grabbing a jersey or at the very least Dean Evison staring through the opposing head coach and saying, if you want a piece, climb over the bench and come get some. I, I can't stress it enough how just amazingly casual and stone-cold killerish Dean's reaction to that from Bonus was. And it's funny because to kind of bring things full circle, what did Bonus expect? If he's do, having if his players are doing that earlier in the game and stemming from what happened the last time these two teams squared off, what does he expect is going to happen at the end of the game? Like if if you don't want to draw the ire of a team, then don't give them a reason to. Don't poke the bear. Don't hit players in the face with sticks. Uh, in Kirill Kaprizov's case. And then after the whistle, getting some shoves in to try to establish your dominance in the case of the Winnipeg Jets. Well, yeah, how'd that work out? I know they won, but uh, boy, oh boy, you end up putting a target on your back if you do that kind of thing. And um, Winnipeg as wildcard two may have, uh, may have put a bullseye in a place that uh, that they're not going to particularly like as the postseason rolls on. So it was chaotically entertaining at the end of the game uh, between these two teams. Now, obviously, there's some fallout from what has happened here. So we're going to talk about Ryan Hartman's pricey night um, and uh, what else we can glean going forward for the Wilds as we continue to recap the uh, loss to the Winnipeg Jets on today's episode of Locked on Wilds, after this. We all know the stresses of trying to find tickets at the last minute. The weather's getting nicer. You may decide on any given day, hey, let's go check out the Minnesota Twins, go to Target Field. Good luck finding tickets because not only are they hard to come by, but they're also super expensive the day of the event. But now... The GameTime app is here to help you in all of those last-minute ticket purchases. They have tons of flash deals on last-minute tickets. They make it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with images of seats and a lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. 
Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, plus concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day and part of your daily routine as we guide you through the rest of the season into the postseason. For your second listen today, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL podcast as now with the Winnipeg Jets officially in the playoffs. How is the Eastern Conference postseason push looking with that wild card race coming down to the wire as well? Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or YouTube. So Ryan Hartman's going to go from probably not playing against Nashville to definitely not playing against Nashville because he had a hearing today from the uh, Department of Player Safety. And anytime you have a hearing for the uh, the DPOS, heavy emphasis on those last three letters, uh, anytime you have a hearing with the Department of Player Safety, you end up uh, getting at least a one-game suspension. So Hartman not going to have it um, escalate any further than that, which is great news for the Minnesota Wild because uh, that would then have meant that uh, his suspension would have gone into the uh, regular season. But as noted by Michael Russo, uh, very interesting things with um, Hartman as now with this latest event, um, he is going to now be considered a repeat offender. And um, that means that any further incidents are going to, uh, to lead to more of a, uh, a pricey fine for him uh, going forward. It's an 18-month period in which um, he is deemed a repeat offender. If he's suspended again, he will lose 182nd of his uh, yearly salary per game as opposed to one 185th. So they go from a like per game basis to a per days of the season. Um, but again, Hartman suspended. Neil Pionk was not. He was fined the maximum allotted amount, which is five grand, for the cross check to Marcus Johansson. So Hartman gets hit with the heavy one. Pionk gets a parking ticket, essentially. And it just it further kind of reinforces this overall notion that Department of Player Safety applies in particular circumstances, but really by and large not in a lot of others. Um, it's just such uneven assessment of penalties, of suspensions, of anything discipline-wise that could uh, help um, 
kind of enforce some of these rules. And so obviously the big one is the fact that Hartman now will serve that suspension against Nashville. He probably wasn't going to play anyway, but at least now you don't have to worry about him missing game one against whoever the Wild will play because you've already got Jewel Erickson out of the lineup. If you would have had Hartman out, Sam Steele continuing to work his way back from illness, you are way shorthanded in a very critical area for this team. So you have that, and I just... It's unfortunate that you can have a guy in Pionk who, look, I I saw arguments that those plays happen all the time in the NHL. It's just that that one happens to be caught um, and and shown after the uh, the hits by Hartman on Ehlers. But here's here's the other part of this: you can't question Pionk's intent there, like. The play is not even remotely close to where Johansson's at, and yet all of a sudden Pionk just comes flying through and um, and levies that, that stick hit right against the boards. You know what it is by how it looks. If it looks bad, that's probably a good sign that it was intended to send a bit of a message. So, banner day for uh, Department of Player Safety, but at least the good news is that Hartman is not going to miss any additional time um, due to that hit. So, all in all, we now have seen Marc-Andre Fleury fully ready to go to war with Jordan Bennington. That was denied. Dean Evason, fully ready to go to war with Rick Bonus. That was denied. What's going to be next? Who is Billy Guerin going to uh, to step up against uh, here in the postseason? Of course, talking in jest. But honestly, is there another coach-GM combo in the league that you would be less inclined to go toe-to-toe with on the ice in the back parking lot, like down the tunnel after the game. Garen, always known as an enforcer throughout his time in the NHL. Dean Evison had a 1,000 career penalty minutes in his time in the NHL. He just, he looks like he's ready to put somebody through a wall every time he's sitting on the, on the bench. Only coach I can think of off the top of my head is Rod Brindamore, but that guy is built like a brick house. So... I don't know. Maybe there are a few beyond that that you just you would not want to get on the wrong side of. But Dean has got to be near the top of the list. Like, just the most casual, like, bring it, I, I have ever seen. So, fun night and obviously a lot of chaotic energy. Glad to hear that Hartman is not going to miss any additional time other than the Nashville game. But we got to finish today's episode by talking about a uh, another trend that we are seeing now that Kirill Kaprizov is back into the fold. And so we're going to finish today's episode by talking about passenger-itis. We'll talk about that after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day and part of your daily routine. 
Make sure for your second listen, you check out Game to Game for the NHL to get the full lowdown on all of the most important games from all of our local NHL hosts. Game to Game NHL is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Saw it again against the Winnipeg Jets. We saw it. it, We've seen it a lot this year. When Kirill Kaprizov is in the lineup, and again, you want to have Kirill Kaprizov in the lineup. That's not disputed. Just a lot of guys who kind of are comfortable stepping into that secondary role against Chicago. No Kirill in the lineup. You had the Matt Boldy line step up and contribute three goals and route to the win there. Kirill goes into the lineup against Winnipeg. Kirill is the only one that uh, that gets the goal. He, he scores right in front. It's the only goal the Wild score. Now, you had Matt Zuccarello, you had Connor Dewar. There was one other instance in which the Wild missed just a completely empty net because Connor Hellebuck had committed elsewhere, was sprawled out in the crease, was just generally um, flopping around out there. So, yes, I am saying this while also trying to kind of hedge my bets in that if one or two of those goals actually go in, then we're talking about a completely different game. But they didn't. And this is going to be, we have a ton of playoff coverage coming up for you starting next week. We've got our full five-person roundtable with the, uh, the regulars for Locked On. Uh, Locked on Wilds. We'll have that coming up for you. We're going to have a crossover preview of the series with uh, whichever, either Locked on Avalanche or Locked on Stars. So we'll have that coming up for you. We're going to talk with Kevin Gorg next week as well. So we got a lot coming at you for postseason coverage starting up next week. But one of the things that we will touch on and one of the things that the everydayers of this show uh, have heard quite a bit and have been absolutely right on. Kirill is not going to be able to do it all himself. Saw it against St. Louis in the postseason last year. We've seen it time and time again this year. And so, yes, it's great that he is able to handle a lot of the load, but those guys have to step it up. Those guys on that second line and all the way down the lineup. You have to be able to play the way you did with him out of the lineup as with him in the lineup because otherwise then teams just throw their whole defensive scheme at Kirill Kaprizov because they don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to worry about the Matt Boldy line being able to get anything going. If you have multiple lines that are threatening to score and or scoring – Okay, now you've got the Boldy line heating up. Well, we got to devote some defensive attention and some physical attention to slowing those guys down. Every line that is able to contribute to the overall offense and the overall scoring, that pulls attention away from the Kaprizov line. And that extends to the guys on Kirill's line as well. It's been a rough stretch for Matt Zuccarello. Without Kirill, everybody 
that is expected to carry the offensive load for this team is going to have to step up and uh, be able to help. Not only help, but be able to contribute, too. It's one thing to say, well, you know, they looked good. You still got to get the goals. So that boldy line is going to be essential. Matt Zuccarello finding his form again is going to be essential. Ryan Hartman helping those two out, being a solid contributor to that first line is going to be essential for this team to avoid the exact same thing we saw in last year's postseason. And not only that, but look at the way that the goals were scored from the Winnipeg Jets in last night's game. Bad rebound control. You have one that caroms out to the left of the net. Fleury had uh, had gone into a sprawl to try to save the initial shot, but the rebound comes free right to a waiting Winnipeg Jets player. Tapped in for the goal. Second goal, same thing. Third goal, I am going to not really hold a lot of judgment on that goal because I do think Matt Boldy should have drawn a penalty on the other end, and it just seemed like the frustration. It's a good learning experience, though, too. The frustration of not getting that call boiled over, which led to the Jets going down and scoring that uh, that third and ended up being the backbreaker goal. It's a good learning lesson, too, that if you are expecting a call that doesn't come, just get up and go continue the game. So that sort of thing is concerning as well, and I think it's why Philip Gustafson is going to be a bigger key to this series because Philip Gustafson's tendencies, if he is able to get any portion of a puck, he's going to ice it. And that just leads to less of those extended um, extended messes in front of the net and prevents a lot of those second, third opportunities that, uh, that have led to goals. And I don't know, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's just an overall tendency, overall theme with Flurry out there uh, in net, in that this team just seems to not be able to do as well with rebound control when Flurry is, is between the pipes. Which is weird to say because you know that Flurry is going to kick him out to uh, to try to keep play moving. So you would think that you'd have to be on your absolute best with rebound control uh, when Flurry's in the net. But it just it has not been good over the um, over the last handful of starts. And with Gustafson, you know, if he gets the puck, he's going to ice it. So like flip. Flip your styles. I attempt to flip my computer here. Flip your style. Be ready for those rebounds when Flurry's in net, and uh, just try to make sure that nobody can grab one away from Gustafson when he's in the net. And to close today, much like they say in spring, in like a lion, out like a lamb. We're seeing some of that here to end. The season, and I know there are factors at play here. Jewel Erickson X injury 
has led to the wild being more cautious to try to ensure that additional players don't get injured to where the wild then are missing several key pieces heading into the postseason. I know that with the way that Dallas and Colorado have been playing, that it was going to be a tough order, a tall order to catch them and to stay at the top of the uh, to stay at the top of the central division where the wilds let's let's not uh, forget the wild were in first place outright after the game against the Colorado Avalanche in which they beat the Avs four to two. Since then, the wild lost to Vegas four to one, lost to Vegas in a shootout four to three. Lost to Pittsburgh 4-1. to They beat the Blues and the Blackhawks. And they beat, uh, lost to Winnipeg 3-1. to You've got Vegas, who is trying to continue to propel themselves towards a deep postseason run here uh, again this season. That's just what Vegas does. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins, who were in a situation where they absolutely had to win in order to keep their season, their postseason hopes alive at that point. Their postseason hopes are pretty much completely dead at this point. But at that point, they absolutely needed that game. The Chicago Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues have nothing but pride to play for. And let's not forget, the Wild had a ton of regulars out of the lineup, but Chicago dominated that game through pretty much two periods. And then the Wild were able to um, kind of re-get, regain their footing and um, get the win there. And then you have the Winnipeg Jets. Absolute must-win game, and they have stretches of the game where they dominate the Wilds, end up losing there too. The Wild are trending in a less-than-ideal direction as we move towards the postseason. I would like to see in future circumstances, future situations here, I would like to see a team that says, okay, we're playing a team that is desperate to win. They're going to play desperate. We're going to play spoiler. We are going to prevent them from getting to where they want to get because of uh, of where we're at. And it's just, it, it's a worry heading into the postseason is, are the Wilds going to be able to just flip the switch and get back to where they were at? Now, the Wild went in relatively relatively hot last year. Uh, I think they ended the season 12-2 and two, uh, going into the postseason and how'd that work out. I still believe this year's team is more built to win in the postseason than last year's was. So we'll have to see if the, uh, the Wild are able to indeed flip that switch and, uh, and get back to playing their brand of hockey here as the postseason gets going because these last few games, these last uh, six games, a lot of bodies in, a lot of bodies out, a lot of uninspiring play by and large uh, during that stretch. So how it ends? We'll see, and that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. 
Now that your first listen of the day is done, again, make sure you check out Game to Game NHL to get the full lowdown on the biggest games throughout the NHL as we finish up the regular season this week. Game to Game NHL is available on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. You can find Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube as well. So make sure you take the time to join our everydayers and be part of the conversation on YouTube. Be part of the Lockdown Wild experience by following along with our new episodes every day of the week, as well as our pre- and post-game content as well. All it takes is a follow, all it takes is a subscribe, and a turning on of the notifications. You'll never miss out on a new episode again. So make sure you do as we guide you towards the postseason with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.